Hey, I'm Tim. And I'm Drew. And this is the Hearts and Hands Podcast. In Season 4, Episode 4, we talked to Lori Elke about teaching art on YouTube. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Tim Babler, joined as always by my co-host, Drew Sonnenberg. And Drew, some of our listeners may, may be wondering, where have you guys been the last couple of weeks? So generally speaking, when we're in season, we like to put out a new episode every week. We have been just realistically having a short break because we started the season a little bit sooner than we were planning to. Can you talk about why, Drew? Yeah, uh, it, it took us a little by surprise. But as as I think we mentioned in one of our last episodes, we started the season with uh, three musicians that had all just released new music or were about to. Um, the biggest or the most time sensitive one being Seth and Jenna doing their Kickstarter for their new album. And we needed to get that episode out as quickly as possible before the Kickstarter was over. So those episodes all just went out as quickly as we could because their music was coming out or their Kickstarter was coming out. Um, but it, we, we did get a little behind because we weren't expecting to start as soon as we did. But as promised, we are not just going to interview musicians all season long. We have a not musician for you. Well, she might play music. I don't actually know. We didn't ask her. Right. But we're, we're excited for you guys to hear from Lori Elke, who's been working on YouTube videos, teaching art, both for fun and for classroom and uh, everywhere in between. And excited for you to hear from her and to see what she's working on. Today, we are excited to welcome to the podcast, Lori Elke. Welcome, Lori. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. For our listeners who may not be familiar with you or your work, could you briefly introduce yourself? Yes. Uh, let's see. I guess I, I'm an artist. I am trying to kind of do as many different things with my art as possible. So I've got my eggs in lots of baskets right now. Um, currently, I am teaching art to grades one through eight part-time at St. Paul's Lutheran in Onalaska. Uh, we've been here about three years. My husband is one of the pastors there. I have also taught art in community center settings um, at the YMCA, at adult centers. So I've worked uh, on teaching art for about the past 15 years to kids as young as, gosh, 18 months and adults as old as 97 and everything in between. So that's been a big part of my life. I also have dabbled in illustration. So I've written and illustrated four books. Um, I've illustrated other projects for other people. Um, I illustrated a Bible story curriculum for preschool that is being used in the wells. It's called Cross Connections for Early Learners. Um, so that's been a fun endeavor as well. I do art parties. I do painting classes online. Um, so just all kinds of varieties of things. Murals I've done too. And then lately, the last two years, I have been doing a YouTube channel teaching art to others with my children. And that has been a fun um, endeavor as well. Yeah. And that, that actually is how you kind of caught our attention and why we wanted to talk to you on the podcast today. You mentioned you have a lot of eggs in a lot of baskets, but what, what made you decide this particular basket of teaching on YouTube? Yeah. Well, I was 
I've always been kind of wondering what it would be like to create art videos and never really did anything until COVID hit. And I remember it was March 13th, which is my birthday, where I got the news that, hey, guess what? School is going to shut down and you're going to go from, you know, being part-time artist, part-time teacher to mom trying to get these kids to learn stuff at home. And uh, I thought, you know, let's do something fun. I've always wanted to do this. We're just going to dive in. I'm one of the types that dives in and then thinks about it as I go or tries to figure it out as I'm going. So on March 16th, three days later, my kids and I started um, cranking out videos for YouTube. And this was just using my cell phone and propping it up on whatever I could balance it on. And we threw some pictures on the wall behind us. Um, I used just my guest bedroom over here. And we started just doing real simple, like, this is how you draw a cupcake. And then we would do it together and then hold it up for everyone to see. And it started off as just kind of a fun thing that the kids and I could do together. My kids' goal in this challenge was to become famous. <laughs> like any kids, like they're obsessed with YouTube and they love all the trick shots. They're like, mom, we should make a trick shot channel. And I said, or how about an art channel? Because that's what I do and that would make more sense. And so they're like, okay. So we started doing all these videos. And I mean, we were making probably five, six a day for the first couple of weeks because we were at home. There was nothing else going on. We all of a sudden found ourselves with lots of time and um, excitement. So as it began, it was a way to share something fun with other people stuck at home. It was a way to connect with other people. But it's been really interesting to see how it has progressed over the two years that um, we've been doing it. So I started March 16th of 2020. So yeah, it's almost two years now that we've been doing this. And it went from just this kind of fun sharing thing to as I finished out that school year, it was a way for me to share art lessons with my students um, we weren't even taking art grades at that time, but I thought, you know, if they still want to be doing some art, at least I can say, here's a project you can do. So I started doing some projects on my own as well. And then now it's become something that's gotten even bigger. I have been doing projects for all eight grades. Um, I use it now for kids that are absent and whatnot, but then I started sharing it with some of our well circles and some of my teacher groups. And now all of a sudden I have all these teachers who are using it to basically teach their art classes. And it's become such a great tool in the wells because we have all of these teachers out there who are doing all of the subjects and some just aren't passionate about art or don't have the tools they need or the you know, time that they need to create valuable art lessons. And so they can just pull up these videos. And now my art projects are being done all over our synod and then also in public synod or schools as well. So it's just really neat to see the areas that it's reached. So starting a YouTube channel kind of from scratch, I mean, there's, we have all seen different YouTube channels when they first start, they, they're really grainy with the, like the filming or they don't have proper lighting or things like that. How did you, how did you set yourself up for success in that way? 
Well, I learned as I went. Like I said, I, I definitely dove in and then kind of figured it out as I, I continued to do it. So things have definitely changed. I still record with my phone. Um, it's amazing the way that they make phones now. It's it's easiest to do it that way. Um, but I've gotten a lot more lighting and phone holders and I upgraded to a Mac so that I could do a little bit more editing and I'm still learning and still changing. Like right now I'm trying to get kind of a little intro that I can plug into all of my videos. That's just something artsy that um, you'll say, Oh, yep, this is the person I'm watching now to kind of signify, like make it my style and, and things like that. So there's always, you know, tutorials I'm watching and other people that I'm trying to learn from to make it better and better. So as you're recording all of these different videos, you know that people aren't going to be watching them live. What do you do to make it something that you feel like the students or the classrooms can connect with in order to stay engaged? Oh, that's always something I'm trying to improve on too. Um, music is huge and trying to find music has been a challenge for me. Yeah, YouTube has a variety of music in their library, but I am still trying to figure out like copyright issues and what all I can and can't do. So I, I use a lot just from the YouTube library for now, but part of me was thinking, you know, how cool would it be to connect with Wells musicians that don't mind using their music as backgrounds for my um, art videos? And I've done that uh, there's a, a girl I went to high school with, Don Michelle Williams, and she has some music out. So I said, hey, do you care if I put some of your music in the background of some of my art videos that I think would work well? And and she was totally good with that. So just trying to figure that element out, I think music tends to kind of keep people moving. You know, it can really um, impact the feel of the videos. And I find that it's really hard for me to make a video without it just because I feel like it helps connect people. So you, you mentioned that as you started, these were kind of very quick and simple videos of like, here's how to do a cupcake or whatever. And you were, mm -hmm. were doing, you know, six of them a day. How have the lessons evolved over the last two years to where you're at now? Boy, I have started making playlists on YouTube to try to kind of divide up all of the different areas that I want to take it in. And it's, it's nice that YouTube lets you do that. I, I have a playlist that's still simple, fun videos that I do with my kids and they still do it, but they've kind of, you know, it doesn't happen as often as it used to with them. So I also have a playlist of videos that are specifically for my school classes um, one of my passions is painting with watercolor and gouache, which is a simple or similar to watercolor, just more opaque. So I've been doing videos for my adult students to help them improve those techniques. Um, I also have ones that are geared towards worship art or religious art. I've been really trying to push some of my religious themed videos, uh, especially for like the season of Lent. Or Reformation was a huge one I did this year where I made, I think it was about six or seven videos of different Reformation projects that could be used for different ages because there's not a lot out there right now um, that are geared specifically towards religious art that teachers could use in schools. Um, so I made sure to do that, you know, and make a playlist of, of religious or for Christmas, like holiday related 
art projects. And, and so just trying to think of, of directions that I could take those. And then I actually studied Spanish. So I've been dabbling a little bit with teaching Spanish through art. And so, for example, I did like the nativity scene and I drew out all of the different elements, you know, Mary, Joseph, baby Jesus, the stable, the animals, the star, things like that. And then I did the entire video in Spanish using very beginner basic language and then, you know, labeling the parts in Spanish as I drew them. And so that someone could watch it and pick up, you know, new vocabulary or be a good refresher for Spanish vocabulary. So trying to kind of see if that goes anywhere too. That that was actually going to be my next question was, is there anywhere where you're hoping to take these videos now that you've kind of got your feet under you over the last few years? Any new directions or new um, big ideas you've got on the horizon? Probably just to to continue to grow the amount of variety of things that I offer. Again, pushing some of the more religious themes. I'd like to also um, have it as a resource that even churches could use to create maybe collaborative art. I started throwing a couple of ideas there. And I know like people now in the wells have seen these videos, um, whether it just be my art teaching videos or maybe big art projects that we're working on. And so some people will start asking questions about them or even giving me specific requests, like the Reformation one, someone said, hey, I've got this class and I don't have anything to do with them with Reformation. Can you make something that we could use? And so I'm hoping that it can still be a resource um, for teachers in the wells. I hope it can be a resource for churches or Sunday schools for things that they can do relating to art and stuff that is, isn't just, you know, a little craft project, um, something that takes it a little bit farther into the art world. And that, yeah, just kind of the, the word spreads that more people can use it, the better. And and that's part of the reason we wanted to have you on here is to get your your name and your work in front of more people. Because, I mean, the videos you create are, are excellent. And I do oh. hope that they continue. But what else have you been doing? I think you kind of alluded to this earlier, but what else have you been doing to kind of promote these videos just so people know more about them? And I know when I was a teacher, if I would have had all of the classes, I would have definitely needed something for, for art. I, there's no way I could have, have done anything near what you're doing. So, I mean, I'm sure there are plenty more people that want to know about it. How else are you connecting with other teachers? Mostly just through social media right now. You know, there's different Wells groups on Facebook. There's one that was formed, the teaching during COVID and beyond. And so I share lessons on there a lot. I'll share things on Instagram every once in a while too. There have been teacher conferences where I've been able to present on art and then share resources there. The other day, I even received in the mail two giant bags of Reese's peanut butter cups from a principal in Michigan because he's using my art videos to teach his art and was very appreciative. And so that was just kind of fun, too. So, yeah, I, I mean, some of it's word of mouth. Some of it's just through social media. Those are kind of the best ways I know to reach people at this this day and age. Right. I have never had to teach art, thankfully, because I'm not a visual guy. So it just doesn't work for me. But 
I know that if I did, one of the first things I would worry about is having the right materials and things like that. And obviously with, with you doing it on, on YouTube, you have whatever materials you need um, right. at your, your home studio. But do you have, whether it's in the first parts of your videos or how you split them up by playlists and stuff, an easy for, for teachers who haven't seen these yet, an easy way to say, oh, these are the things that I'll need for this particular lesson. Yes, usually that's what I bring up right away when I begin. I actually just finished recording one and I, I kind of have all my supplies laid out, my ruler, my pencil, my scissors, and uh, the good majority of them, if you're in a classroom, you'll have lying around. Um, if it's something special, usually I have it even in the title of the video or in the little thumbnail that you see when you're scrolling through so that they can see kind of what it is. But yeah, there's definitely ones that are pretty simple, just paper and pencil will do, and then others that are a little bit more um, involved. And, and I'm trying to kind of get more into the more involved ones just to give variety to teachers, because I think a lot of them may, you know, just tend to fall back on, oh, let's just draw a picture of this and color it where I can give them some unique ideas that hopefully we can promote some more variety in our art. So what's it like balancing your creation of online videos with actually still teaching in-person classes? Yes. So my goal with doing videos online is to try to have at least one a week. Um, and that is something that just as doing my research in making videos that people have said, you know, try to at least keep your content coming. I'm really bad about posting the same day. Like I haven't gotten to be that good. And I, if I really wanted to, I guess I could schedule my posts, but I get so excited to share it. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to share it right away. So I try to at least do one a week. And if I'm going to be on vacation or whatever, it's really nice because then I can schedule ahead. And, or if I'm like really going like gangbusters one day and I make, you know, four videos or whatever, I can kind of um, space them out. But that's something I'm able to do in the mornings, along with other art commissions and art projects that I'm working on for my personal art stuff. And then uh, I teach part time. So I teach four afternoons about a week, I usually go in around 11, and I'm done by three. So the schedule is really nice in that I'm able to do a lot of my own work in the mornings. And then I go in and teach in the afternoons. And I'm finding too that doing these videos, especially if they're for some of my classes, it really makes my job easier. For example, I have one on perspective that I did last year, I believe. And I was thinking, oh, third grade needs to do perspective today. I am just going to play my video. And then I can just kind of walk around and help them through while they're watching me on this giant screen. It makes it easier for my students to see the example because it's giant. And then I can be more going around and facilitating um, them actually doing the work. So I use it as a tool in my own classroom as well. And it's really nice, too, if I have a kid that's absent, I can say, here's the video. This is what we're doing. And hopefully they can catch up on their own, you know, at home. So kind of balancing those two really has been not too difficult. 
I'm able to yeah, use the videos in my own classroom. And that's really just helped the whole process, I guess. And the kids think it's kind of neat when they see their teacher, at least the younger kids, middle school's like, yeah, whatever. But the younger kids think it's pretty cool to see their teacher on TV. <laughs> yeah. So we want to be able make sure that our listeners are able to connect with you. So two, two questions kind of, first of all, if they're looking for you on YouTube, what's the easiest way to find you? If you type in my last name, Elke, E-H-L-K-E, and then art, it'll all pop up. Awesome. And then if they want to connect with you personally, if they have any questions or anything, what would be the easiest way to get in contact with you? I would say I have a Facebook art page. It's Lori Elke's art on Facebook. Um, that's a good way to connect. I have a lot of people that will send me messages through there or through Instagram. My Instagram is also just Lori Elke. There's not a lot of Lori Elkies out there. I've been blessed with a more unique name. So if you search me even on Google, you'll find me pretty easily. So, And we'll be sure to share all those links in our show notes as well so that they're easy to find. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, we wanted to thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast today. And we're looking forward to uh, seeing more more and more videos coming out. And hopefully we'll get to be used by more people uh, as well. I hope so as well. Thank you so much for having me. That wraps it up for another episode of the podcast. As always, if you have people you want to hear from, questions you want answers to, or you want to talk about your new project that you're working on, feel free to reach out to us at heartsandhandspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, Lori was someone who uh, was new to the podcast. We really enjoyed having her on, and she just posted on our, our social media, and we were able to connect through that as well. So definitely continue to reach out that way. Uh, we've also got a Patreon page for those who would like uh, access to behind the scenes. Uh, if you want to see some uncut video footage of these podcasts, it's, uh, you know, I, I'd say it's a pretty great, pretty great deal. But uh, <laughs> who doesn't like seeing Drew in my face all the time? Uh, let's be honest, you do it more for the guests and we appreciate that. But it does help cover the costs of producing this podcast, hosting on our, our website, um, as well as paying for the, the streaming service we use to record these as well. We appreciate that. If you would check it out, it is at patreon.com slash hearts and hands podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.